Hello ladies and welcome to the Amazing Bible Dot Book Club. My name is Julie Callio, your host, and thanks so much for tuning in today. If you want to contact me, whether with questions or comments, you can do that at theab.bc.pc at gmail.com. Again, that's theab.bc.pc at gmail.com. Today, Exodus chapters 5 through 10, we're going to be taking a look at, especially at the first nine plagues. Chapter 4 ends with the Israelites believing Moses and Aaron and bowing their heads and worshiping the God who has come to redeem them. Chapter 5 starts with Moses and Aaron meeting Pharaoh, and they say, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, Let my people go, that they may hold a feast unto me in the wilderness. One thing to note is that the Israelites were not just going to be freed so that they could do whatever they wanted. They were to be freed to have a feast unto the Lord. But later on, it also says, Let them go that they may serve me. Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, had many gods, and he asked, Who is the Lord that I should obey him and let all these people go? I don't know him, and I won't let them go. Soon, both of these statements will change. But first, Pharaoh made the Israelites' life even harder. Now he makes them get their own straw and demands the same number of bricks. The officers of the children of Israel cry out to Pharaoh and he goes to them. Pharaoh says to them, you're crying out to go make sacrifices to your God since you have all this time. Instead, you are to go out and to work. Verse 20 says, when the officers came from Pharaoh, they met Moses and Aaron who stood in the way. In other words, they wanted to know what happened. And then the officers basically blamed Moses and Aaron for their lives becoming even more difficult. Moses returned to the Lord and asked, Why did you send me here? Things are worse than better. Robert Cate wrote a commentary and he said, Israel's problem was that they had assumed that obeying God would be easy. I think even Moses thought that. But one thing we can learn from Moses is as he prays, he prays honestly to the Lord. And we can do that too. Moses asks, why is this happening? And that's not a bad prayer to pray. And it's okay to approach God in that way. Chapter 6 begins with God reminding Moses of who he was. And he says, now you will see what I will do to Pharaoh. I am the Lord. I appeared to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob by the name of God Almighty, but they did not know me as Jehovah I am. I have established my covenant with them of the land of Canaan, the land of their pilgrimage where they were strangers. I have heard the groanings of the people. I have remembered my covenant. Tell the children of Israel, I am the Lord. I will bring you out. I will rid you of their bondage. I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great judgments. I will take you to me for a people. I will be to you a God and you will know that I am the Lord your God. I will bring you into the land. I am the Lord. But this time the Israelites did not believe. 
Chapter 6 continues taking a closer look at Moses and Aaron's family line. Jacob's son Levi is their lineage, and from this line we will see that it will become the Levites who will take care of worship in the tabernacle in chapters to come. God commands Moses and Aaron to go speak to Pharaoh, and Moses asks God, Why will Pharaoh listen to me? In chapter 7, God says that he will harden Pharaoh's heart. Now, throughout these next chapters, we will notice that sometimes the Bible says that God hardens his heart. Sometimes it says that Pharaoh hardens his own heart. And sometimes it just says Pharaoh's heart was hardened. There are two theological truths that are at play here. The first is called God's sovereignty, which basically means God can do whatever he wants to do whenever he wants to do it because he is God and he answers to no one. The other is what we call free will, that people choose what they will do and we are held accountable for our choices. Now, some people try to erase one of those two beliefs, but I think both are found in scripture and both apply. And so I cannot erase it, even though I do not fully understand how it can happen. In verse 5 of chapter 7, God explains that one of the reasons for Pharaoh's hard heart is so that the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord when I stretch forth my hand upon Egypt and bring forth the children of Israel. We then see the first sign. Aaron's rod becomes a serpent. The Pharaoh's magicians can do the same, but Aaron's serpent swallows up their serpents. And now we begin with the plagues of Egypt. The first one is the Nile River, and it becomes blood. The Egyptians worshipped the Nile because it brought them life, and they even had a god named, I think it's Happy, H-A-P-I. Then plague number two, starting in chapter eight, we have a plague of frogs. The Egyptians have a frog god. It's spelled H-E-Q-T. But that God was no match to the God of the Hebrews. The third plague was lice or gnats. And the Egyptians had an insect God named Kheper, K-H-E-P-E-R. And at this stage, the third plague, the magicians said, this is the finger of God because they could not duplicate this event. Plague number four was lice. One of the Egyptian gods was Kepper, K-H-E-P-E-R. They may have prayed to this god to keep from the diseased insects from bothering them. But the flies did not bother the people in Goshen where God's people dwelt. The reason for that. So you, Pharaoh, may know that I am the Lord in the midst of the earth. After this, Pharaoh called for Moses and said, You can sacrifice to your God, but you have to stay in the land. And Moses said, No, that's not good enough. So Pharaoh says, Okay, I will let you go, but don't go very far. So Moses entreats the Lord, and the swarm of flies depart, and Pharaoh's hardened heart happened again, and he would not let them go. Plague number five, this new plague was on the cattle in the field over the livestock. And the Egyptians had a bull god named Apis, A-P-I-S. And this plague did not hurt the Israelites' cattle, 
just the Egyptians' cattle. And this time, Pharaoh even checked it out to see if the Israelites' cattle were hurt. The sixth plague was boils, and it was upon the magicians and all the Egyptians too. Their god, Imhotep, the god of medicine, had no power over the god of the Israelites. The seventh plague was hail. The Egyptian god of the sky was Nut, or Nut, N-U-T. Verse 14 says that the reason for this is that you may know that there is none like me in all of the earth. Verse 19 says, this time God gives them warnings to bring in their animals so that the people or the animals would not die. And then verse 20 says, he that feared the word of the Lord among the servants of Pharaoh made his servants and his cattle go into the houses. Again, there was no hail in the land of Goshen where God's people dwelt. This time, Pharaoh calls for Moses and Aaron. He declares he has sinned. The Lord is righteous, and I and my people are wicked. Entreat to the Lord to make it stop. And Moses says that he will, so that you may know that the earth is the Lord's. When it stopped, Pharaoh's heart was hardened again, and he would not let them go. Chapter 10 begins with God speaking to Moses and explaining two reasons for Pharaoh's hard heart. The first is that I might show these signs before him. And the second is that you may tell in the ears of your son and your son's sons what things I have brought about in Egypt and my signs which I have done among them so that you may know that I am the Lord. The eighth plague was locusts, which ate their crops, and the Egyptian god of crops, Seth, was no match. During this time, Pharaoh's servants asked Pharaoh, How long are you going to let this man be a snare to us? Let the men go and serve their god. Don't you know that Egypt is destroyed? Pharaoh told Moses that the men only could go, but Moses said no, and the locusts came. Pharaoh called Moses, I have sinned, entreat unto the Lord. It's that broken record again. Moses did it, but the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart. The ninth plague was darkness. The Egyptian god Ra, represented by the sun, was of no help. This darkness was so dark it could be felt, and it went on for three days. This time Pharaoh called and said, Okay, Everybody can go, but leave your flocks and your herds. Moses said no. Again, the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart. Pharaoh said, get away from me. I will never see your face again or you will die. And I love Moses's response. You have spoken well, and I will see thy face again no more. And I just wonder if Moses was just skipping down as he left the palace. So what can we learn from this story? First, I want to point out the pattern that is found in these nine plagues. Plague one, the blood. Plague four, the flies. And plague seven, the hail. God sent Moses early in the morning to meet Pharaoh by the river. 
Plague two with the frogs, plague five with the pestilence of cattle, and then number eight with the locusts. The Lord appointed a set time, which is tomorrow, and Moses was sent in to Pharaoh to share that information. Plague number three, gnats, number six, boils, and number nine, darkness. These came without warning by an immediate act of Moses and Aaron. The writing of the Bible is purposeful. And for the Hebrews who saw the number three as sacred, we have three sets of three. These plagues were planned by God and they were extremely sacred. Secondly, this passage is very clear that not all religions are the same. In my world religions class, Dr. Martin used the illustration of a train. If I want to go to California to see my son and his family, I can't just hop on any train. They don't all end at the same place. I have to get on the one that takes me to California. A religion has a destination and they don't all end up in the same place. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is God over all things. And the Egyptians and the Israelites saw that the Egyptian gods were of no comparison. We also see that as people began to see the mighty acts of God Almighty, they began to fear him. When the hail was coming, some of the Egyptians took their family, took their cattle and put them in a safe place because they knew that the God of the Hebrews was a mighty God and they began to fear him. Proverbs 9:10 says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. We find that Pharaoh gets a knowledge of the holy one. He begins to know who he is And he does end up letting go of the Israelites, which we will look at tomorrow. And lastly, the Israelites were to tell their children and their grandchildren of the amazing things that God did for them. Ladies, where are you on your journey? Do you have the fear of the Lord? Do you know that your God is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and of Moses? Have you seen God work in amazing ways? Have you shared these stories with your kids and with your grandkids? One time when I was a kid, my grandpa Finney told me of a time of drought in Southern Illinois. And they went to church and the ladies purposefully took their umbrellas to church that day. And they prayed and they worshiped and they needed their umbrellas as they left church that day because of the rain. The faith of my grandpa got passed down to me. And this story reminds me of one more point. When God spoke of letting the Israelites go, he said, so that they will serve me. If you know the Lord God Almighty, how are you serving him? Today, ladies, if you hear his voice, let's not be like Pharaoh and harden our hearts. Let's be women who believe and obey.